0: Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett. Yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt is working right now, so we I have reconvened in Bryant Square, Bryant Square Park, Bryant Park, Bryant Park in Manhattan with uh, returning to the show, Nicole. Hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is a beautiful, windy day.
1: It is, yeah, it's nice.
0: So um oh, so that good. that's what you're hearing in your ears, people. Oh, oh our, and our, baby. our our babies, crowds.
1: I to, I great like things. it here. I like it here a lot. Um I had to walk through Times Square to get here though. So did I. It's so terrible. It's horrible. And I almost like there's so many school children out and I almost yelled get back to school. <laughs> they shouldn't be out.
0: But it's summer. This is I know. they're supposed to be free. So, what have you been up to? Yeah. Last time we heard from you was on the Gotham Central episode, yeah, with Anna Rubanova in January, I think.
1: Wow, that's a really this long year
0: time. has gone by really fast. Yes, that's a true statement. Yes, uh, where have you been?
1: Um, I quit my job, so that that's news I have. I don't know that the podcast listening audience cares. I don't think they Well, were I mean, aware according of to what
0: our iTunes reviews, please. you're one of you're one of the big people.
1: Yes. Champion. Sure, I don't think that they were rooting for me to get out of my day job though. Uh, <laughs> but I did that. So I'm not on my day job anymore for the last month. Um, regular improv stuff, doing some writing, hanging out. Oh, I've been making a lot of ice cream this summer.
0: That's what I've seen. Yeah. You guys should follow on a call on social media. Yeah. Because you post things every now and then about your I ice do. cream. Yes,
1: I do. Um, I did a fresh mint that was a disaster, and then I did a mint ice cream using extract that was very successful.
0: Extract of
1: mint? Yes.
0: Do they make like- extracts of everything?
1: Not everything, but like a lot of things. And you could probably extract most stuff.
0: When we talk about the couple of comics we're going to talk about, can you talk about it metaphorically using ice cream making metaphors? No. Like, this needs needs a little bit more of an extract of good plot. No. An extract of original X Men. No. Okay. No. No. I'll try then. You can do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm
1: not going to make my opinions harder to follow. (laughs) <laughs> um, but
0: one of the things we wanted to talk about today... Well, at first I want to get into The Amazing Spider-Man.
1: Oh, yeah, yes, I watch that. That. yeah, Because you watched that. You're
0: I'm, now unemployed all day. I'm so. not
1: unemployed all day. I am <laughs> part-time employed okay. as an educator. <laughs> I teach improv classes, so I'm an educator. Um, That's true. And I, and I coach improv. But yes, frequently the daytime portions of my schedule are left open for me to do with what I will. <laughs> <laughs> and so this week we watched uh, Amazing Spider-Man, which I did not hate. I think I liked it more than the other Spider-Man ones.
0: The spider Like, this is what... Well, what, what did you think this one did better than the Sam Raimi Spider-Man? Uh,
1: not have Tobey Maguire in it. Right? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Is that, is that the I only just, one? Uh, I mean, there was stuff... I felt like, as a result of that... This Spider-Man's quippiness during the fights felt more real,
0: and to he me. also quipped, yeah, which he is a actually, thing. Did he
1: not quip any? Not I can't even really. Remember. Like there might yeah. have
0: been like, ugh, honking. There might have been one or two jokes in the three yeah. movies.
1: Yeah, and so I felt like because that to me is like the defining aspect of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and that influenced so many things that came after. Like did I said, like Buffy is in some forms derived from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I, I, seeing Andrew Garfield, like at San Diego Comic-Con during the panel, he yeah. came out as Spider-Man oh. and just did the first seven minutes of it in full costume as Spider-Man. That's crazy. Like with uh, being being amazed that Jamie Foxx was there and being starstruck oh, by Jamie really Foxx. Cool. Like you were in any given Sunday. Like it was That's great. Amazing. And just thinking about, I feel like Andrew Garfield is actually Peter Parker come to life in some ways.
1: I don't know him.
0: No, like, just seeing his his natural interactions when he improvises yeah. in the character are yeah. so just, like, that's Spider-Man. Oh, that's great, right. Like, when they were shooting down on, uh, on Halston at those basketball courts. Yeah. On Halston, I think that's where it was. He just started playing basketball with with high school kids. That's really at cool. At Spider-Man. Which yep. is like, that's a Spider-Man thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I, don't, I can't imagine Tobey Maguire ever doing that.
1: No. No. Um, it on the other hand, it didn't feel like Peter Parker was like so super nerdy beforehand, he felt like yeah. he was like a cool nerd, yeah. Too. yeah. Um, which is fine, yeah. I don't need him to be like a total sad sack, yeah. Uh, I, lo- I think Gwen Stacy's great, obviously, Emma Stone's awesome,
0: more, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yes, she doesn't have like a ton to do, but for being the girl in it, yeah, like they do a pretty good job making her like smart and interesting.
0: That well, she also plays of a key component in the final battle, doesn't she? Like, doesn't she like? Yeah, yeah. Like she a... gets
1: the she gets the thing.
0: Yeah, the thing. The hoo ha, the, the hoo ha thing.
1: Antidote.
0: I can't even remember much about that movie because I hated all the lizard stuff.
1: Oh, I, I didn't mind it. I
0: thought it was all because
1: the actor who plays him, I've only seen doing really goofy characters before, okay. so I was excited <laughs> to see him do something. Reese Witherspoon. Yes.
0: This is the thing like Spider-Man. From Notting
1: Hill. Oh, oh, he's the roommate. He was... Notting Hill. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, right. Wow.
0: Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Spider-Man is a hard like most other superheroes. Like you can do them gritty. Like we've right. seen gritty Superman. Batman is yeah. almost better when you do him gritty in a way. You can't really do gritty Spider-Man. Like, Amazing Spider-Man is kind of a grittier Spider-Man, but still not really.
1: And it does, but it feels like gritty put on top of Spider-Man. It doesn't feel like it's like, what would happen if Spider-Man was gritty? It just feels like the suit is like... Weird textured yeah. in a weird it's like a little bit Batmanified. yeah
0: as much as I did not like I mean like Amazing Spider-Man was okay that movie came out the same summer as Avengers so um, yeah. you're gonna right. not do as well in right. my opinion right. Right. Um, the sequel I'm excited about because yeah. he's wearing his actual costume they're just straight translating it from the comics oh interesting it's, I wonder why well, apparently, the, the interesting thing is both the director, Mark Webb, and Andrew Garfield are now kind of backing off of the first one being like, this is the movie we really wanted to make. Interesting. They forced us to do an origin story. Like, we're, we're glad yeah, yeah, we got all that out of the way.
1: And you know, I hate origin yes. stories. And for origin stories, it didn't bother me. But I think part of that is because Spider-Man, unlike a lot of other um, heroes, is not super reluctant. Like, after Uncle Ben dies, he's pretty on board to start yeah. doing something, yeah. and he just has to figure out how to do it right. Yeah. And I like that. It's nice to see somebody not going into their hero, done reluctantly. Did you see,
0: because we had not even really talked about any of this stuff for a long time.
1: Yeah. Did you see Iron Man 3? I did not. I don't really see stuff in the movie theater. Okay. I tend to wait. Um, I don't, guys, I don't love Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. So... What
0: Are you comparing her to an actual Pepper pot? No, just, okay.
1: I mean, like, I, I didn't want to just say that I don't love Gwen Paltrow, period, because that seemed mean, but it's kind of what <laughs> I'm going
0: for. Okay. Uh, uh, I love her as Pepper pots. Yeah. But also that's because Pepper pot's in the comics, from what I understand, is kind of a non-entity.
1: Right, so okay. So that she's
0: doing anything with her Right. It's kind of cool.
1: Oh, did you read my Black Widow response last night? Yes. To your post? Did that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I found, listeners, I found a... Um, I'm reading Miss Marvel number four from 1977, uh-huh. and in the letters page, there is a letter from a woman mm-hmm. proving that women have always read comics. Yep. You horrible, horrible people that think that isn't true. Uh, where a couple she. Couple
1: letters from women, right? Not just the. Probably, just yeah. That especially on Miss Marvel. There's one before that.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, where she basically takes Marvel to task for sexist portrayals of female superheroes mm-hmm. by citing a lot of good examples, but. There are some things that feel kind of t- time capsuley, like her, like saying Black Widow was a bad character because she always says things like "chauvinist" and "male pig." Right. Which I understand what you said. Yeah. Like...
1: My point being, I think her point was she's not actually a feminist. She's supposed to be a caricature of a feminist poking fun at feminists. Yeah. Um, I think it was that a lot of the letter was like very specific and very nuanced, and things that kind of get lost through yeah. time.
0: And also, did not mention Miss Marvel really at
1: all. Well, the, the, I think it was like I'm enjoying Miss Marvel, which gives me an opportunity to tell you all these other things I don't enjoy. Yeah. that was kind of the lead into the letter. I
0: love like I Tumblr did. didn't invent this. Tumblr no. did not invent this stuff. No, it's just beforehand you had to write it in a physical letter and. I send think it.
1: you had to care more. I think Tumblr Tumblr yeah. lowered the bar on how much you have to care about something before you complain about it. Yeah, now. Because used just, to be like I gotta find paper and a letter and a pencil and a 12 cent stamp. <laughs>
0: But the cool thing was, was Chris Claremont, the writer, wrote back. He replied to it. And it just so happened that he got this letter at the exact same moment that all the Jim Grey stuff happened.
1: Although, Marvel's lead-in was basically like, ooh, yeesh, we're going to pass this one on to Chris Claremont. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, okay, Marvel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Miss Marvel as a series is a very interesting book because in the first issue, it's written by, I think, Jerry Conway. I think it's who it is mm-hmm. and it's like with special help from his wife that's as, interesting as if and it's it's done as like a you know we're trying to be authentic we want to really like get a woman's perspective into this issue which is cool yeah. but it still operates under the basic assumption that well men can't understand what a woman is like.
1: that's true yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah also something about special help feels like whatever help <laughs> she gave
0: yeah it's not specific what help yeah. she gave yeah. it might be like he asked a couple questions right
1: while she was doing dishes
0: yeah but also, like, in Miss Marvel number 1, she goes to work for J. Jonah Jameson is having... There's going to be a, a, basically, like, a, a, a pastiche of Miss Magazine coming uh-huh. out of the Daily Bugle offices. And right. Carol Danvers is hired to be the editor. And J. Jonah Jameson's like, you need to write about shoes and celebrities. And she's yep. like, no, we're going to write about, like, lady astronauts and like, stuff like that. that's oh, great. So, like, there is, like, a underlying message of, like, feminism throughout all of Carol yeah. Danvers history, which is yeah, pretty yeah. cool. I actually just bought Carol Danvers' first appearance when I was at San Diego. Which <clears throat> I think is from 1968. Mm-hmm. And her very first appearance, she's just uh, the head of NASA's security at Cape Canaveral. And like the very first thing they say So is,
1: she's always had astronaut stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know
0: that. It's yeah. awesome. Like pilot astronauty right. stuff she is introduced she's, she wears pants which is a thing I feel like in 1968 like she's wearing pants compared to all the other women in the issue who are all wearing skirts yeah, yeah. and the the man that introduces her is like this is Carol Danvers she's our head of security don't let that fool you like she's or basically like somebody saying like we could have given this job to a man but she's just as good as any man okay. it's like the context yeah, yeah. in which she is introduced Okay. which is interesting interesting character there's a guy carrying a 32 inch Dynex television through Bryant Park right now
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> New York City. He's not
1: carrying it the right way. He's <clears throat> carrying
0: it No, he's not having any time. When he should be yeah, carrying it. it. God, he, I hope right. he listens to the podcast and yeah. in a week from sure. now he's gonna understand what he should have done. We're not gonna go over there and tell you.
1: I think what's going on right now is he's supposed to be meeting somebody who's not here. Oh so I don't geez. think he's meant to be carrying this television.
0: <laughs> television trade-off?
1: Yeah.
0: That's the worst type of trade-off. Yeah. Now you carry this television. Uh, so the theme of today's episode was going to be getting back into comics because right. what all have you done in the comic book sphere since the Gotham Central episode? Nothing. There you go. Literally
1: nothing. A uh, man just walked by in a Green Lantern t-shirt. I don't so, know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, all that noise. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like yeah, I bought duh. trades and I have not read anything. Oh, what I trades stopped did you buying? buying? Um, I bought. Oh God, I don't even remember. Um, I think I bought volume 4 of Astonishing X-Men.
0: Oh, unstoppable. Whatever.
1: yes, if it's the final one, the I, yes, final the final one yeah. then yes. Um, but I haven't read that yet. I yeah, no, I've completely stopped reading everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but for this podcast, you did try to jump back in on a yep. couple of things. Just so we can talk about the...
1: Process of jumping back in. The
0: mythic thing of jumping back into comics. Because right. that, that's the thing that people talk about a lot, is once you get out, because comic books don't stop.
1: Right. They never they stop. They never
0: stop. <laughs> There's a pile of growing things that you haven't read.
1: And I think that is some people's fear with starting comic books, which yeah. is like, okay, well, even if I can jump in now, can I stay afloat?
0: Forever, basically. Right, and right, so. basically
1: for the rest of my life. And I, I will admit, it's, like, been... Because there was a long time where it was like, oh, yeah, I would, like, download my comic books every week because I switched to digital Um Because you saw reasons. the shelf growing. I saw the shelf growing, and I was like, oh, I I see how bread happened. Yeah. Um, so I switched to digital, and then would download every week and then, like, read on the weekend, and it was a nice, leisurely activity. And then you fall behind, and it becomes, oh, I, don't, I have to catch up, and yeah. I don't know, and... Yeah, so we tried just jumping back in without catching up.
0: Yeah, which is how you used to have to do it. But that is the kind of luxury right, of digital, that's true. digital has now made it to where yep. I now don't feel pressure to keep reading a book. Like I feel much more okay with dropping that's things because I know right. I don't have to go try and find recent back issues. Right, it's a hard thing to find. That's so you really just true. read the latest issues of uh,
1: Wolverine, and the X Men, and Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, is did you read the exception. last issue of Hawkeye or the Hawkeye Annual? I think it's like Hawkeye Eleven. You see, exactly, exactly. It's so hard to keep track. Oh, it wasn't oh, a Kate was Bishop dressed. solo issue. It was no, the it was Barney not. Barton issue. Yes, yes. Okay, great, yeah.
1: good. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, fine. Yeah. That was yeah. 11?
0: 11 or 12?
1: I thought it was 12.
0: It might be 12.
1: But I might be wrong. Um, also, wait, what's the annual? Uh, Marvel
0: also released Hawkeye Annual number one, which is essentially Hawkeye number 13. Okay. Because it is 100% integral to the plot. Like, it is a thing you need to read. Right. Marvel and DC still hold on to the antiquated notion of annuals.
1: Is that like this? Oh, yeah, the special issue because you've yeah. been doing it for a year. Okay.
0: Yeah, or like here's yeah every every year here's an annual. It's like double size in the old days. Oh. It used to be like sixty four pages and it would be forty eight page story, which is twice as long as normal. And then a whole bunch right. of pinups, maybe some short stories, some weird graphs and That's charts. Nice. Except nowadays they just publish like a thirty six page story. Oh, okay. Uh, so...
1: And they give it a weird name.
0: And they give it they give it Hawkeye Annual, <laughs> number okay. one. What? So, and so it's hard, like, it's... Wait,
1: but then what's the next issue going to be called?
0: It'll be Hawkeye number 14 or 13. This is terrible.
1: This is... <clears throat> I mean, I guess I get it.
0: It also might be... I don't know. I do not know what the perks are. Because, like, why they couldn't just release that as Hawkeye number whatever and have it be double size. Right. Like, that doesn't... There's no reason. and It's a right. weird thing to hold on to. Especially when all the things that made annuals special are gone now. Right. Like, they don't do not do pinups, ups they don't do graphs, they don't do right. short stories, they just do one story. That's not man. Uh, Anyway. So, with Wolverine and the X-Men, the last one you read you said was the Frankenstein. I think
1: it was the resolution of the Frankenstein Carnival.
0: Which, how did this latest issue, which I think is part three of the Hellfire Saga. Yeah. How did that read? Only having the Frankenstein stuff. Yeah,
1: they really... I didn't actually feel like I missed much. Yeah. Um, Brood woke up. I yeah. think that's it. Yeah. Because I think he'd been in a coma the last thing I read. Um, but he seems like he's not back to normal yet. No. And it's been a lot of issues. Um, <laughs> uh, the Hellfire has an academy, which I don't think it formally had last time I read. No, that's, that's a um, new thing. Uh, which is, like, fine... It was fine, basically. I just... My... I was... I was kind of at the end with Wolverine and the X-Men, and my issue was basically it feels like rather than just tell the story, there's like always a series of obstacles yeah. to actually getting to character stories. Like there's always outside stuff that's being dealt with, as opposed to like just being in the school and dealing with stuff that comes up when you run the school. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's not delivering on the promise of the first like yeah. six to twelve issues. Yeah.
1: Made. Particularly on the promise of Kitty Pride, who's done almost nothing this entire, entire series except go on a date. Yeah. That was her big issue. Yeah. Oh, and get uh pregnant by aliens. <laughs> Kitty <Katie> Pride, man.
0: <laughs> well, it, it she is getting a lot more to do in all new X-Men. <clears throat> Which okay. a year ago was the book uh where the teenage X-Men from the 60s. Comedy. A year ago? Yeah, a year ago. It was almost exactly a year ago. Because that the episode where we told you about the premise of that was... Where a...
1: is my life going? <laughs>
0: jeez, it's probably right in that dumpster that's walking by. Yep. Oh, jeez, there's so many external noises. I'm sorry yeah. for that. But anyway... Uh, we'll yeah, fix so... it in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um... All New X-Men has been a great book for Kitty Pride. She's actually been way more proactive there. It's almost her book in a way. So, so I don't know if there was like a weird thing of like, well, Jason Aaron, you can't really use her that much in Wolverine in the X-Men because Brian Bendis is using her a shit ton in All New X-Men.
1: I don't think that's a rule.
0: Probably not, I don't know.
1: Just based on how many books Wolverine is yeah. in simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, like Kitty Pride can't get stretched too thin. Yeah. But Wolverine can do whatever he wants. So should I switch to All New X-Men? Is that the takeaway? I think, I think
0: you should definitely... Because I Because
1: I do need regular stuff. It
0: is much more character based.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. Uh, that's what I
0: want. It's re- and there's a lot of really interesting character moments. Okay, uh, great. Wolverine and the X-Men, also there's a, like, sincerity. Like, Wolverine and the X-Men is a comedy book. Like, it's not marketed yeah, that that's way. that's interesting. But the tone of it is a comedy the first issue
1: book. was sentimental. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's moved a lot more from sentiment and sincerity into, like, kind of comedy. Yeah, because
1: okay. Because
0: everything with the Hellfire Academy is over the top like, yeah. none of this stuff would actually make sense in a grounded but reality. But in
1: this issue, I think they tried with Idy.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Because <clears throat> we were Jeez. being like, she just wants to have feelings again, basically. Yeah. Although I will say with that, before I left, I found her, I found it impenetrable to figure out what was going on with her character.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And not in a way that was engaging, just in a way that was, like, you whatever. You Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, um, yeah. <laughs> and then to find out that, I guess, whatever she's been doing for the last several issues, she's been faking it? <laughs> and really what she was doing the whole time was trying to find out who shot Brew? I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. they're also guilty of a ton of characters. All New X-Men basically oh, yeah. only focuses on the five characters and then maybe Wolverine and Kitty Bride. Yeah.
1: I still think my favorite thing in Wolverine and the X-Men was Alpha and Omega.
0: And I read that. I, re- I read and that. I told and it you it was, was great, really right? Yeah. Yep. Because it was again, it was a small, self-contained story yep. that didn't yep. also. Uh,
1: and that dealt with what it means to be a student and to be a teacher and those yeah. power dynamics and being a teenager. One, and...
0: well, the writer of that is now writing the all-female X-Men book, which oh, is. Oh, do I want to read that? It's great. Okay, cool. Uh, because whereas I said that this kind is so of so
1: expensive. Brett, I don't <laughs> have a job anymore. <laughs> uh,
0: whereas like Wolverine and the X-Men is kind of the comedy book on the sneak. Right. The all-female X-Men book is the action book on the sneak. Oh, interesting. Like it is. It is, for the lack of a better term, and I hate using this word in this in this uh, way, balls-to-the-wall
1: action. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: I hate... When you realize that, like, male genitalia it's... is always slanged as positive and female genitalia is always slanged as negative... Totally. That Which, is a thing.
1: side note, this is a total tangent. <laughs> have you watched Orange is the New Black?
0: Not yet. I okay, really want to. Okay,
1: it's great. You have to watch it. It's amazing. But Leah Delaria, who's one of the... I think I'm pronouncing her last name right. One of the actors on it. Um, she's... Been trying to take back the c word to describe something as awesome. That's good. Yeah, right. I like that. I was reading that on Twitter. I was like, I don't know if I could do that, but like, that's cool. Yeah,
0: that's a point that I want to I want to make in any comic book that I write. is I definitely yeah. want. I'm definitely not going to have anyone say who has got big balls. I hate that yeah, phrase yeah, yeah. No. so much. Um, you
1: could say she's got a real big keyword c word. Yeah,
0: really big c word. <laughs> um, no, make but, it happen,
1: Brett. Do
0: but it. X Men is a really great action book, and it stars really really great characters that Brian Wood has a really great. great handle on. I definitely think that's. That's also a really good Kitty Pride book too. I mean cool. she's one sixth of the cast, but right. it's really good. All right, I'm that good. and all new X-Men, I think, are definitely the two books to yeah. really read. Taking
1: out my phone, I'm writing it down. Yay. Um, I didn't reread I didn't jump back into Courtney Crumrin yet. Because those are one of the few things I'm still buying physical copies okay. of, so I have to go out and buy all of them.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. That's gonna be I kinda wanna hear how hard it is for you to track down physical copies of those. The
1: internet makes it easier. Yeah. And my I don't comic think they shop. come out as often. I don't know how hard I don't know how far behind I am Do
0: you mean, like, physical single issues, or do you go trades with those? No, no,
1: no, physical single issues.
0: Do you um, yourself make a distinction between, like, are physical single issues more of, like, a, this is special and sacred, and, like, trade is, like, a meh, like, I'll just buy this just to catch up? Like what no, is your
1: distinction? no, no, no. To me, trade is, like, I'm going to have this for a long, long time. Okay. Um, and maybe lend it out, although I don't like lending things out. Uh, single issue is, like, I want to support this thing in advance, in the moment. Okay. So I'll go buy it. <clears throat>
0: um... You also read uh, Hawkeye number 12. I had did. You, had you read Hawkeye before?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I was oh, reading okay. Hawkeye. I think, the, I think the last thing I read was the Hurricane Sandy issue. Is oh, that possible? Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was like number 8 or 9. That was only a couple months ago. Okay, great. Yeah. And so Hawkeye doesn't come out as, as a brisk no. face. Wolverine and the X-Men releases two issues a month.
1: Yeah, it was like so. Too much.
0: Too much. Yeah. Hawkeye is usually about one issue a month. Yeah. Um, well, so what were you thinking about Hawkeye before...
1: Uh, I really like it. Um, I do think because it's doing that single issue single story thing yeah. um, I wasn't as stressed about falling behind but I also wasn't as like what's going to happen gotta read the next one gotta read the next yeah. one um, which is nice I think
0: well it's kind of like we're going to trust that our that our uh, characters are interesting enough that you're going to yeah. want to come back to spend more time with them and not to find out the big mystery
1: right exactly uh, which I'm a big big fan of especially coming from improv
0: yeah what is really your, take on, what's your take on Clinton Barton because in a lot of ways I feel like Clinton Barton is kind of that type of male character, or is he not? Oh,
1: that that's York very interesting. Brown yeah, yeah, yeah type, that um chase that
0: that, type. Qu- that woody type from uh Quantum and Woody. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, but so I don't know if he is. I think there's well, Clinton
0: Barton has a he has a good heart in him whereas yeah. I don't think York Brown has that.
1: I don't think he's self-centered.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: think that's a big, 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 big part of it. Is that even if, like, he pokes fun at himself, and he has a sense of a wry sense of humor about things, and sometimes sees himself as a screw-up. Yeah. And those are all, like, defining aspects of that guy, right? Yeah, that guy. Um... He's not unwilling to grow up. He's not unwilling to accept responsibility. He
0: wants all those things. He
1: wants... He's looking for those things. <clears throat> he has a lot of empathy for other people.
0: Almost too much. Yes. Like, all of his all of his main life problems are because he has too much, right. in a way. Yep. Like, he did not need to take on... He did not need to cl- declare that apartment building his turf. Right. And, right, right, right. Yep. And pretty much bite off more than he could chew as yep. those tracksuit guys yep. are now becoming more more. But important. he
1: doesn't have a savior complex either. Yeah. Um. Which is, like, the Yorick Brown and the Chase, when they do step up sometimes they end up feeling like they've got a savior complex.
0: Which is that in that you're like your main problem with why the last man is like the one man in the book is the most important character or
1: no piece? it's that's not my real I mean there is like a certain amount of the whole book is like a Valentine to men. <laughs> um, just by the nature of the topic it's taking on. No my real problem is that for a book wildly populated by female not female by woman characters. Um uh, anyway, for a book that's, I get anytime I talk about gender, I'm like, am I using binary language? Where, what, what exactly am I trying to say? Basically, for a book that has a lot of women, um, they're not well-drawn, and they're yeah. not the most interesting people in there. And then the one who does end up being interesting, for no reason whatsoever, is in love with a really shitty guy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a bummer. Because then it gets a missed opportunity. And it's so weird because Runaways is the exact opposite. Yeah. Runaways is like just slightly more women characters. Um, And even characters with complicated gender identities.
0: Yeah, exactly. And as
1: a result of it, they're like really interesting and well-drawn and why The Last Man was not that.
0: But uh, so, what are your opinions on Kate Bishop? Had you heard of her before this? No,
1: did not hear. Her before Do this.
0: you have any interest in going back and reading old Kate Bishop stuff? There
1: might, isn't that much. Because there's, I might, because I don't. I like her, but I don't love her, and I don't quite love their dynamic.
0: What is your What is your fear or trepidation with their dynamic?
1: Um, I think just.
0: They're not going to have sex.
1: They're not, they're definitely not going to have sex? Matt
0: Fraction, like, he gets asked that all the time on Tumblr. He's like, my two rules for the book is they will never have sex. Yeah. And the dog will never die.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I think if that's it I'm into it Because my problem is Is this supposed to be a romance? Because if yeah. it's supposed to be a romance I'm not into it Because I don't love like Competitive romance As a way of showing That maybe the characters are equal yeah. But it always ends up being like Kind of like a, a nasty Not necessarily respectful undertone Yeah. But if these are people Who are just genuinely friends And that's how they interact With each other I think that's fun and relatable
0: Which I think is definitely What he's going for Unless That's
1: he's good but it's like
0: Setting up a long con yeah. Full of lies
1: Right that's good, that makes me really happy. Because I didn't assume from reading it that it was a romance, but then like all the Tumblr fandoms made me think like, Oh, maybe I'm missing something yeah. and it's supposed to be something <laughs> else. Tumblr. That makes me really happy. Well
0: and also just the way that all stories always go. Right. Because, <laughs> like, well they have to fall in love eventually.
1: Right, 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 is... exactly. A man and a woman can't harem itself. Yeah.
0: Well, um, oh, so right. you didn't you didn't you dropped off right before they did the like the, the basically women in Clint Martin's life issue. Yes. Which was all of that, like oh, cool. cause essentially, Clinton Barton has been dating Spider Woman, Jessica Drew. Okay. And there's like a two-parter or whatever, where she is in it, and she gives him a really good speech. Yeah. And it is not easy to read, and it's super hard uh, because basically, I mean, like Clint Barton like slept with that woman in the second issue or whatever, yeah. that the, the the car chase girl, Yeah. Cherry, I think is her name. Yep. So like he he hasn't been taking whatever relationship he has with. Jessica, seriously. Right, sure. Obviously. Um, But the issue is really cool because it has Black Widow his ex-wife. Oh. I mean, it's, it's basically his work wife, Black Widow, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. Bobby Morris, Mockingbird, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend, Spider-Woman Jessica Drew, and then his Kate. So right. I think it was what they say, like, his Kate. Right.
1: And I and that, that might be something that I saw and took out of context. Because okay, I do, yeah. if that's like a mentor-mentee relationship, which is what it felt like it was being set up for in those yeah. first few I'm so on board. Yeah. Because I want that. I want relationships between men and women characters. That are not. That are not <laughs> sexual and yeah. not sexualized. Um, and that explores that. I should I should have assumed though, because like Matt Fraction is so great.
0: Yeah, he's very much on like FF. See, I would also su- suggest you read FF and Young Avengers. <laughs> right. Because they're both doing the exact same type of social identity, social issues, justice, right. like pushing. That's cool. Like in like one of the mole kids came out as transgender in an issue of FF, and now he is now a she and just wears a dress. And it was all revealed in a page. All of his little mole or her little mole friends were like, We love you, you're our sister and hugged her. And everyone Yeah, it's really good. No, don't cry. It's really good. It was just one page. Uh, and it's really, really cool. it's really sweet. It's really sweet. It's really great. And now Turg, I think it's Turg is her name. Yeah. Just like wears a dress. That's great. And they just had a pool party issue. Like that in that's awesome. And like that book put, like, the term cisgender was used in it, which I don't
1: think I've, I've ever
0: read in a comic book before.
1: That's awesome.
0: And FF is great, and it's...
1: I'll say, like, con- you've, you've encountered this a lot. <laughs> as wonderful as comic books are, and as awesome as comic book fans are, yeah, there is still a portion of the population that's holding on to outdated ways of thinking Yeah, with extreme... Defensiveness, yeah,
0: and I and I think yeah. the only way
1: that it's going to change long term is for the books themselves to change and for the people writing them to embrace that change.
0: Which they well, and also um, which
1: is definitely happening. Like Brian the people Bendis... who write comic books are frequently more open-minded, yeah, more empathetic than sometimes the people who are reading them.
0: Yes. Brian Bendis in um in his one of his latest issues of All New X-Men has kitty pride. You know, there's a big controversy with Uncanny Avengers and Havoc declaring mutant a bad word, basically. Oh. And like it was it was dicey because ugh, there's so many different layers. Basically, of like mutants don't have a culture. We are just people, we don't see us as mutants. Kind of like me saying, like, I am not gay, gay people don't have a culture. Like when you do a one-to-one right, map, right, 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 it gets right, kind right, of right, dicey. Right. Which was not what the what the author intended, and it got it basically caused a whole shitstorm. But fast forward to Brian Bendis writing all new X Men. Brian Bendis, a straight white man who right. has adopted daughters from Africa, right. who is perceived as a member of an interracial family, and then right, is the right, right, source right. of like derision a lot of times. Like, and also him growing up Jewish. Like, it's that thing of like he appears like a straight white male, but then right. when you hear him talk, he's like, "No, I grew up Jewish and like right. and not." And like, oh, so he had Kitty Pride. He has his group of X Men watch Havoc's speech. Right. And has Kitty probably be like, that is bullshit. I am proud of being Jewish. And then goes into her entire, her first experience with an anti Semitic person. Right. Which was a guy that she had a crush on when she was 12. Right. And he said an anti Semitic thing, and she immediately was like, I'm Jewish. Don't say that. That's right. you know. And it's like, I love it that, that stuff is in common with Sam. Yeah. I think that is a smart way about going about it.
1: Um, having not read the issue that was controversial. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, there is something that's at least interesting about recognizing that within a community like mutants, yeah, your own opinions about how you want to be treated and where your identity falls will vary. Yeah, exactly. And that's
0: cool. That is cool. And 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 remember, the writer even like in in, in a following issue has Rogue and Scarlet Witch, two other mutants with very different backgrounds. Right. Go go head to head. That's cool. I like X Men. To me, is based on this. This is the most essential thing about the X Men is this minority metaphor, and I like that you're getting a lot of these different right. points of views. The problem is is when you assume that the point of view of the character is the same as the writer.
1: Yes. Which is yes, what yes, a lot yes, of yes, people yes, thought with yes, Rick yes. Remender. Yes. And I do think that's where it can be helpful to have other characters in that same moment express yeah. different points of view
0: that aren't like i don't know was a scarecrow or whatever that aren't just like i'm going to present the straw man straw man that yeah. are just yes. a, yeah
1: they're not aaron you're not aaron sorkin writing yeah. <laughs> anybody who doesn't agree with aaron sorkin yeah uh yeah it feels like you're legitimately representing multiple points of view yep
0: oh man i had a I had a thought before i went on this tirade it might have been the kitty pride thing um but anyway, yeah, like, the comic books are doing a lot of really cool stuff now. That's
1: awesome. And
0: you should spend all your money on all these I know. things. FF. Young Avengers is only $2.99 a month, though. Young Avengers That's is good. phenomenal. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, are you going to... Do you have the desire to fill in the gaps with either of those That's, books?
1: I mean, I am a completist. So, not for Wolverine and the X-Men. I'm so sorry. I feel really bad about it, but I'm I'm done.
0: Well, and I, I, I also feel like the thing you want from Wolverine the X-Men, it ended up not giving right, you. Right, and, and it doesn't it mean that it's places. bad. No, yeah. It just
1: means, like, no, yeah, what they're doing is different from what I was looking for from Yeah. That's, yeah, so now I shouldn't feel guilty. We're just different people.
0: <laughs> you can break up, it's mutual. Yeah. Or no, it's not mutual. Exactly. It really wants you to keep reading it because it wants the No, it the doesn't.
1: No, it's fine. It's going to be <laughs> fine. There are better readers out there. Um, so, yeah, obviously I will fill in the gaps with Hawkeye for sure. Um... And I'll pick up all new X Men. What was the Young other Avengers story?
0: FF, Young Avengers and FF are also great.
1: Um. Okay, those are maybe's. What's the uh, uh, Lady Book? Oh, I X-Men. just did a thing. Just I X-Men. hate what X Men. Really? Yeah, it's so just there's X-Men. no qualifying no, title.
0: It's just X Men. I don't understand. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't understand. There's it's no. It's almost a point
0: too. Yeah. I point. also
1: use the word lady Which I hate To describe women I hate it It makes is, me so crazy What is
0: the reasoning Behind being a It's
1: lady? so Pagerizing? precious Yeah It's okay. patronizing to ourselves It's yeah. like Don't want to take you seriously Lady
0: What is the male equivalent Of that? It's not gentlemen They say ladies and gentlemen But that is not
1: There is no. I don't think there is A male equivalent Because like if, I was, if something was addressed To me ladies and gentlemen I'd be fine with it Okay But if like yeah. Hey,
0: ladies. Yeah,
1: it's, it just feels like it's afraid to identify something as woman because that sounds too adult and too yeah. real.
0: <laughs> uh, what about Captain Marvel? Did you ever pick oh, that up? Oh, that's
1: right. No, I, uh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading Captain Marvel for a while.
0: Um, oh, they just finished the one of the best storylines. Storyline. Yeah, I gotta like go back a to a Captain time. Marvel too. Uh, Enemy Within. Yep. Was phenomenal.
1: Okay,
0: cool. Um, great art, great story. A real great Avengers superhero story with Carol at the center. Great. But it doesn't feel like she was, I don't know, Mary sued into the center. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, okay, it cool. feels very natural.
0: Right. Um, and again, like, showing women being friends with women, like, yeah. Kelly Sue writes the Spider-Woman-Captain-Marvel friendship. Yeah.
1: that's awesome.
0: So amazingly. Uh,
1: That's my dream for the new Star Wars movies. That's the only
0: thing I want. Well, they've said it's gonna. They've said initially that it's yeah, gonna yeah. be a female protagonist, yeah, but goodbye. oh, oh god, you have to read Star Wars Legacy. Why? Uh, it's a new. It's a new book. I've never read Star Wars Legacy before. Okay. So I knew nothing about it. It started with a new number one, Star Wars okay. Legacy one through five. Um, it's written by Gabe Hardman and Karina Becko, who are just awesome, right. great, smart people. Um, but it is set couple generations after Return of the Jedi. Oh. And it stars so that's why you don't even know anything else because right. it's so far in the future. It stars the descendant of Han and of Han and Leia, Anya Solo.
1: Okay. And
0: basically the way that gave Descended and Karina, through who? I think I think she is like their direct descendant. No,
1: but which kid? Brett.
0: Oh I don't know. They they haven't they haven't like nailed any of okay. that down yet. Because like like they said is like if you were related to Abraham Lincoln now in twenty thirteen, would that get you anything?
1: Like, oh, yeah, 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 no. Like, yeah, it
0: wouldn't. Right. so it like would be
1: interesting, and you'd probably be, yeah. have, like, a certain specific affection for Abraham Lincoln. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's what they always say about Anya Solo, is, like, she basically is a, she is a junkyard dealer on a backwater planet. Right. Has a horrible life. Right. It's just, like, just wants to get the fuck out. Her best friend is a Mon Calamari like, teenager. Cool. And she basically... Which, by the
1: way, terrible and offensive name for that species,
0: right? <laughs> Mon Calamari. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the cool thing is she through happenstance gets a lightsaber uh-huh. and then tries to pawn off that lightsaber. Yeah. Which when you try to pawn a lightsaber,
1: right.
0: that draws attention. Right. And then the first five issues, the first storyline, I read the fifth issue and it just felt like a new hope. Like oh. it just felt like that's awesome. this Really great classic Star Wars uh, like she gathers a group of friends. It's all about friendship. Great. Like the things that they took away from Star Wars are like friendship and like stepping up into your own right. responsibility. Which I think are much right. more integral to Star Wars than George Lucas even does.
1: Yes, but I was actually thinking about the friendship thing the other day. I think the friendship after A New Hope is kind of just paid lip service to. Yeah. Because, like, Han and Leia are not friends. They're, well. like, something else. <laughs> um, and then Luke is separated from his friends from the whole rest of it. So it's, like, the idea of yeah. friendship. I'm hoping it, the new movies have, like, actual friends hanging out, doing stuff together.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, um, also Brian Wood, who also wrote... Elf, uh, X-Men Wolverine of the X-Men right. Alpha and, uh, his Star Wars book is also good in that direction because Leia like it's dealing with all this fallout yeah of like like Luke actually goes back to Tatchmoe to Barry Baru and Lars oh
1: yeah you gotta
0: do that but, like, hearing Brian Wood talk about it it's like maybe the span of A New Hope is like two days right So when that movie ends, Leia just lost her entire people, and Luke just buried his parents. And you fast forward two years, and you miss all that drama. Right. So he's really reveling in that drama. That's great. And it's really cool. Like, there's one...
1: Doesn't doesn't Splinter of the Mind's Eye cover that stuff?
0: Oh, maybe. But I've never... Did you read the novelization? No, I did not.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also, Luke and Leia are, like, lovers in that book. Yeah, they super are. (laughs) (laughs) They super
1: are. Although, the only... So when you saw New Hope... Who did you think was supposed to get together with Leia? Oh, Luke. Oh, you did think Luke, right? Okay, that's great. what I thought. I held on to Luke for like a really long time, though.
0: Even after you knew they were brother and sister.
1: Or? No, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> but I mean, all through Empire Strikes Back, I was like, Han needs to like cool it. And then up until Return of the Jedi, when like oh, they're yeah, sitting on the third, log, yeah. right? Obi Wan and Luke are sitting on the log, and he's like, "There is another, your sister." And I was like, oh, it's like late to introduce another character. That's like kind of crazy. And then they were like, late. I was like, oh, what? Hold on. When did you
0: first see all the... Did you, did you watch them back to back or did you have a wait in between?
1: Uh, I had a wait. I had a barely a wait. I watched... I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was only 11. I watched uh, A New Hope in the special edition in okay. the theaters.
0: Yeah. Um, say like a month wait or did you go No
1: and then my dad wouldn't for some reason wouldn't take me to see the other two. (gasps) I know. (laughs) (laughs) He was like we we spent the money. So we watched it on VHS when I was homesick from school. So my period waiting between like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi was like Two and a half minutes?
0: Oh, see, which is kind of oh. cool.
1: I don't know. It was like a great night. Like I vividly remember. See,
0: I had the opposite experience where I was in, I think, first grade, and yeah. my parents went to a football game in Tennessee and left me with my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> My sister's like 18-year-old boyfriend to watch me. Right. Um, so he showed me Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Great. So I saw those both those back to back. Got to the end of Empire Strikes Back and was like, "What the fuck?" Right. Hey. Like, right. uh, but the um, the Video Depot did not have Return of the Jedi in stock. Wow. So I had to wait a while. Right. I mean, not three years. Right. But I did have to wait at least a couple weeks, maybe months. Right. There Until was, we realized yeah. that we had had it recorded off the TV in the cabinet the entire time. Oh. But, whoops. But boyfriend didn't know that. Yep.
1: Um, I remember after seeing because we borrowed like my uncle's copies, and then after seeing it, I wanted so badly to own the three movies on VHS. Yeah. But that was when Lucas took them out of rotation, so you couldn't find them anywhere. So we would go like store oh, to store, oh. and I'd be crying in the car because I oh, just no. wanted them so badly. Oh. And then eventually the special edition came out and I own them, but I never I wanted the originals. And I think I own the 1977 versions now because they came out a couple years ago on DVD, right? Yeah, 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 they did. Without any trappings whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Oh, Star yeah. Wars is great. But anyway, thank you so much for catching up. <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, That's what gonna, you guys wanted. Right? We should do a really we should we should read that Star Wars Legacy arc and do an episode about it. I would do that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the most I Star Wars. Also, want to read it. the
1: time time watchers what did I tell you I want to read time oh, bandits oh, I can't, time have, have, Was
0: it chrono something no I can't remember no, it's a it's very very obscure something. DC miniseries yeah
1: from like one of their imprints that weren't what, was not around that long but I love oh, time wasn't it travel. like helix no it's wasn't, time no, the something the helix
0: imprint which I think was their like turn of the century tech yep. minded yep. thing
1: time I think it's time watchers time keepers clocks Clockwatchers.
0: Chrono, Chrono Chrono Ladies. It's not Chrono,
1: stop
0: it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we will right. read that.
1: Yeah, cool, um, good, I just, we need to find it somewhere, because it's not yeah. published.
0: <laughs> but it was good catching up. Yep. And we'll see you again. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I
1: never do.
0: Well, I'll... you can see Nicole perform improv comedy with her improv team Bucky at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City, and you can also follow her on Twitter at Nicole M. Therese, T-H-E-R-E-S-E. Next week on the show, Matt and I will be reading Kick-Ass 2 by Mark Millar and John Romita Jr. getting ready for the big screen release of Kick-Ass 2. If you're interested in purchasing Kick-Ass 2, you can visit us at com and buy a printing of that storyline through the Amazon links in this episode's show notes. Any purchase you make on Amazon through our online store kicks a little bit of money back to us, which always helps us out. You can also purchase next week's reading via the Comicsology links on our site. And while you're at com, check out some of our back issues like Nicole Drespel, who you just heard, and comedian Carrie Maguire talking about Courtney Krummer and the Night Things. Or you can listen to the time that we opened up an entire box of Marvel overpowered trading cards with our old buddy Casey Sasuke. We love hearing from our listeners, so just tell us about any of this or any of our past episodes on our website or Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics. You can find links to all of our social media presence under the Who Loves Comics tab on our website, and if you fancy what you've heard here today, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Importantly, you are all our best spokespeople, so tell all of your friends about this show. And thanks to producer Ben Regid, who does all the things we do not know how to do. Until next week, when we will be discussing Kick-Ass 2, I'm Brett, and I love comics.